You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Cleveland front, Armia with a whack at it. And now Armia takes Martinez to the inboards. Here's Corey Perry feeding it back. Edmondson shot off a steep. This is what scores. And the Canadians have struck first. Yoel Armia. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network. Joe Gilio, Joe Ostrowski here with you. We got a lot still to get to here, including a major change potentially in the NL Cy Young and MVP race. More basketball coming up here. Vince Goodwill will join the show. And Ryan Spader, who had one of the most interesting and kind of out of nowhere Twitter threads of all time, I think, yesterday, will join us later this hour here but I mean look last night let's let's line them up here Joe because uh, hockey is still going on significant games and, and some changes here to the status quo of the Stanley Cup playoffs yeah we got Montreal out to a three nothing lead last night Petrangelo did all he could for the Knights but the Canadians hang on and uh, they went three to two I believe going into that game last night after Vegas goes out to a 1-0 series advantage they were uh, it was like plus 500 on the Montreal side and that's been cut nearly in half one one after two mission accomplished for the Canadians you go to Vegas and you're like can we just split this thing and they accomplished that and uh, they are still plus 265 dogs as uh, after after those two games and then tonight it's uh we have another 1-1 set as we're trying to figure out the Stanley Cup final the Lightning and the Islanders go at it i that one is the one that's probably much tougher to call I still expect Vegas to pull this one out. We saw a, a rush late from them, and uh, they had a chance to tie it, but um, couldn't pull it off. I still, you know, I understand that a lot of people have jumped on the Canadians just because of the number, and it is hockey. There's puck luck involved. Wild things happen on the ice, but uh, I still have the Knights ending this in relatively short order. Yeah, and I think the, uh, the the finals odds and the championship odds, the Stanley Cup odds, point to that. I mean, look, Montreal, yeah. even after tying the series last night, is plus 1,000. I mean, it's pretty significant how much they are compared to everybody else, an underdog. And uh, I love this Lightning Islander series. There's something about these two teams. Just they're just they're It's fun hockey. And I can see this one going either way. But tonight, the Islanders back at home screams to me this is this mm-hmm. is an islanders game i i love them at home you get plus money on them tonight to take it to take you know take back advantage in their building which is i think is one of the most raucous home ice advantages in in all hockey like they they love their hockey in long island and i i like the islanders tonight in this game hey it wouldn't surprise me if that one ends up going under five either but i expected it to be closer to a coin flip but you're right to get plus money should the the lightning be minus 135 as this is changing venues uh, 
not so much. I don't really see that. I understand they're the second favorite. They, they have the better roster. Um, but yeah, I, I would look to the Islanders side here. That place is going to be going nuts today. It, it will be. No, it, it will be. And uh, I, I bet a lot of people in there tonight need something to root for because there's probably Islanders fans who double as Mets fans up in New York. And last <laughs> night, Jacob DeGrom looked like he was going to, I mean, just do whatever the heck he wanted. He was unbelievable. And then he was out of this game quickly. You know, felt good warming up, felt really good in the first and second inning. And then there in the third, you know, my shoulder was sore. This is getting old, you know, I want to be out there competing and, you know, hopefully this turns out to be nothing, um, you know, said something, didn't want it to turn into anything serious, but just, you know, my sh uh, shoulder was sore back of it and just wanted to say something to be smart. But like I said, this is frustrating. I want to be out there as, as long as I can be out there. Felt really good uh, tonight early on. And then, you know, like I said, in third, just got pretty sore and said something and that was it. The voice of Jacob DeGrom there. Last night, Joe, against the Cubs, three innings pitched. Perfect. Nine up, nine down. Eight strikeouts. Eight strikeouts. And a couple things stand out here. Um, he's the best pitcher on the planet by a mile right now. He is untouchable. Mm -hmm. But this is now, in about a month span, three different kind of injuries to the right side of his body. Right? It's the side. It's the shoulder. Last, uh, last week, it was the flexor tendon. I don't know what's going on here. The Mets obviously don't know what's going on here. They keep rolling him out there. There's a lot to unpack here. First of all, I've got a plus 5,000 DeGrom MVP ticket sitting there. Oh. And I'm I'm just like uh, three weeks ago, I felt like, you know what? I might win this thing at plus 5,000. He was, he's the odds on favor right now. At least he was before yesterday. Um, I just, I'm getting worried here because it seems like he's not going to pitch enough to win an MVP award. We'll get to Cy Young, but it's just, he's not, something's wrong here. Something's going on. He also drove in a run last night in those three innings. He has six RBI on the season, and he's allowed four earned runs on the year as on the pitching side. He's driven in more runs than he's allowed as the pitcher. It's one thing after another. See, I was I was getting uh, set to debate with you about a pitcher winning the award, but at the number of fifty to one, I can't I can't argue with that. Yeah, there, I, I, there isn't anybody there isn't a position player in the national league that we can sit here in the middle of june and say absolutely there is your mvp now i'm against giving the award to a pitcher but but okay state your case which position player are you giving it to that, that's probably a debate for another time but if he misses a good amount of time um the Cy Young could be in jeopardy, even though we're talking this week, it's minus 250, somewhere in that range, the heavy, heavy favorite, and he should have been. But how much time is he allowed to miss? Uh, a lot of people are going to jump to war, and that will give you a strong indicator of where he is in the Cy Young race and also with the odds there. Uh, he is still your leader. But it is not like there is a massive gap. There are a couple of guys on his heels. You have the two starters uh, in the Milwaukee Brewers rotation, of course, with Burns being out being out ahead of Woodruff, but also near you. I mean, Zach Wheeler, and it was on display again last night, strong performance, taking down the Dodgers on the road. I, I still feel like there's a little bit of value with the Wheeler odds. I think there is. And and the Wheeler thing, it's 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 almost the opposite of DeGrom. You know, his ERA is in the low twos. He's been great, but he's you know, DeGrom's in a different stratosphere. But he leads the National League in innings. Like, he's giving that value there that DeGrom just – just can't for whatever reason, whether he's out in five innings, six innings, three innings last night. Um, right now, it it's going to have like if DeGrom only makes let, let's play it out. DeGrom makes 24 starts 
he pitches 160 innings. Is that hmm. enough at a at a one ERA to top a guy that pitches 210 innings and has a two ERA or a one nine? Like that that's that we haven't we've never had this kind of debate. Um, I don't think with a Cy Young and, and this kind of you know the the angle of like hey do, is it wise to take Degrom right now? I, I think it's risky. Strikeouts are really sexy, yep. especially nowadays. State of the game, uh, the league is trying to let's bring those rates down a little bit. Can we, can we normalize them a little bit? Even though, don't tell that to Garrett Cole, trying to ruin his career if you ask him. Uh, but Degrom and Burns are the guys that have those insane strikeout rates, and uh, along with the ERA and the FIP and all that stuff, of course they're, they're going to take it all into account. But if Wheeler is close with one of those guys, that's going to be a ding against Wheeler. That he just, even though it's impressive to get 11 Ks per nine, you're just not at the level of Degrom and or Burns. Let me throw one more in the mix. And right now he's among the the favorites. So he's the underdog. I think it's plus 2,100 last time I saw Kevin Gaussman out in That's, San Francisco is yeah. probably the best pitcher that no one talks about. His year is one, four, three. So if he has a year like this, you know, it, it's like he could challenge Bob Gibson and no one's even paying attention. It's how good pitching is right now. I, I think there's a, there's some value to, to putting, he plays in a pitcher's park that, that helps. He plays in a division right now that has two teams that are so awful, including one in the Diamondbacks that haven't won a road game since since April, that you would think, and, and Gosman faced the Diamondbacks later today, you would think he's going to rack up big games and wins and, and and just lower that ERA. I mean, he's he's an intriguing one at plus 2,100. Yeah, you know, with that said, I, I know the bottom of the barrel with the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, but they also have the best of the best. He's facing those Dodgers-Padres lineups on a regular basis. And middle of June, I remind you, the Giants are still winning the division. I know we're supposed to be talking about player performance when it comes to the Cy Young, but yet you've got to think that's going to help Gossman's case here because they're winning. Why? Because of their pitching, which nobody expected. And you can still get a very large number if you believe that the Giants are going to keep this up and uh, hang around in this uh, NL West race. Some of the projection systems don't believe it's going to happen, but the numbers that have been available all year – it's pretty shocking. They have a two-game lead right now. And uh, I, my point is that I do think voters will take that into account. You have to handicap the human element. And if they see Gossman as the best starter in the rotation, and this is a team that can win the division, that would help his case a lot. That would help yeah, his case yeah, a lot. I mean, you, you, you think Wheeler has a better case than Gossman right now? Well, is he a Ray? I mean, I think he's been – Slightly better than Gosman. Just, I mean, he's pitched more, pitched more innings. I uh, leads the NL in strikeouts. But, I mean, h- how much of an ERA gap do you need to say one guy's better than the other? I mean, Gosman's ERA is one four three. I think Wheeler after last night's two one three. It's it's still a pretty decent gap. Um, you know, Wheeler does pitch in a hitter friendly park, so you know we can look at things like adjusted ERA and, and all those things in WAR. But, I mean, Boy. a one point four ERA and and the Gosman thing you mentioned, the Giants and. Like at some point, the narrative's going to start to switch, right? The Giants are going to become the story or one of the, the stories. Like if they win this division or they're there, I feel like we're going to be talking about Kapler manager of the year, Zaidi executive of the year, Posey MVP. Like they're going to start getting those kind of talk because like they were, they were supposed to win. I've got their over ticket. It's 75 wins. They might cast for me in August. 
Did you vomit in your mouth a little bit when you said Kapler co- manager of the year? Oh no, so Joe, he's my guy. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm, I was the lone, oh, you're the only guy. You're the lone wolf. Okay. I was the lone wolf saying this guy was winning 80 games with a Phillies team that stunk. Why'd they run him out of town? And now obviously he's doing well in San Francisco. If you're looking for value and you look at all the metrics that we're talking about this morning as we're nearing the, the midway point of the season, if you shop around, you can find Wheeler at 30 to 1. We can good. make a case. We can make a case. I don't know that we'll see as many injuries uh, that we're seeing in the NBA, in the NL Cy Young race, but you need one, and then it's wide open. And the one that we're talking about, ding here, ding there. After the game, he's saying it's not a big deal. Maybe he's hoping that's the case. But um, a- an award that looked to be wrapped up at this earlier stage in the season, it's uh, it's opening up. It's opening up a little bit. I tried to make a case, I don't know, I'd say a few weeks ago for you, Darvish, but off the last couple starts, there's no way you can put anything down on him, and his number hasn't changed. He's right in that 20-to-1 range still. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it on him. Uh, you know, The other guys we mentioned, and I, I love the Wheeler number you mentioned at 30-to-1. And then the other thing this opens up, too, I mean, the Mets have a pretty big lead in the NL East. We don't know how far DeGrom's going to miss, if he's going to miss time. But they need him. I mean, they, they need him. And if, if he's not in there, he misses a month, Joe. That NL East, and they, they're, they've been the best team in it. It's anyone's division. The, the Braves stand out to me. I mean, you could get a pretty good number on the Braves right now, plus 450, the Braves, to come back and win this division. If DeGrom misses any time, I think the Braves, there's value on the Braves there. I don't trust the Phillies, so get them out of here. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say bet on the Braves anymore. No, you're down there? I've been saying it for two and a half months. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit later, but just show me, just show me. And every time they get close to that 500 mark, here come a few more losses by Atlanta. I just, I don't understand with all the talent on that roster, they, they should have a much, much better record than they have so far. Well, someone's uh, got to win the Adelaide. Someone has to win that division. Yeah. The, the only division that I think is wrapped up, which makes a lot of fun this season, because that, that's not what we're used to. We're used to middle of the summer. A lot of these divisions are already wrapped. The, the only one I think is done is the American League Central. I don't see any way, as beat up as they are, that the White Sox lose their stranglehold on that division. They win yesterday in 10 innings, 8-7, to seven, and now they have the best record in baseball. And, oh, what a matchup we have tonight. Yeah, we do. We have the Astros and the White Sox tonight. Uh, Dylan Cease, who's been hit or miss, but when he's good, he's really good for the White Sox. And um, and the Astros, they've probably been the under-the-radar second-best team in the AL the whole year. It's just like we're not talking about them as much as, as we used to. But I agree with you on the White Sox. That that division is a wrap. And it's just a matter to me of, of do the White Sox add at the deadline just to yes. make sure they can do, do damage in October. They don't need to add to win the division, but it's about adding to kind of fill some holes before we get there. And don't forget, they're going to add a whole lot to that lineup once they get healthy over the last couple of months of the season. So they've done all this for the most part, due to their pitching. Now, I, I'm not expecting all of them to continue this throughout the year. Rodon for an entire year, we haven't seen that before. We, we haven't seen it. It's always been about health for him. So that's a big question, Mark. You mentioned Cease has been up and down. I would say more up. This has all been a big surprise. You haven't even seen the best of Lucas Giolito. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, they're number one yet. So um, the ceiling is sky high. They, they could easily be your champion this year. All I know is that we are in for a treat because you and I in October get to talk about every day if we're going to bet on or against Tony La Russa in big October games. This is going to be incredible. Tony's, Tony's going to October. It's a matter of how he does when he gets there again.
should the Astros be a favorite against the White Sox tonight? Well, Minus 130 at a lot of shops. Urquidy on the bump. That's obviously uh, where, where they have the advantage there. They're saying the, the books are saying, even though numbers are similar, um, as far as ERA goes, uh, whip is better for Urquidy. Yeah, the one thing that I feel with the Astros is they strike out so little. that They've, they've been great at yeah. this for years. They don't strike out. And Dylan Cease, that's what he does. You know, He wins by striking batters out. If, if he can't get K's tonight, the Astros will put up some runs. All right, MLB statistician. He's a great follow on Twitter if you're a baseball nerd. But uh, he came out firing yesterday, naming names. There's some national baseball writers calling him out. There's some people in the game not very happy with him right now. Uh, we're going to check in with Ryan Spader and uh, find out why exactly he decided to name names yesterday. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, you're locked into the BetQL Network. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio with you on BetQL Daily. Catch the show weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on the BetQL Network. Download the free Odyssey app today to watch, listen, and subscribe to the BetQL Daily Podcast. Now, it was, uh, it was a heck of a day in Major League Baseball. By the end of the day, it was all about the NBA drama uh, between Kawhi being out, CP3, and then what we witnessed in those comebacks, uh, <laughs> at least with your Sixers. I know it wasn't too exciting uh, for Joe Giglio there as a big Sixers fan. We'll see what happens uh, as we move forward in all of these series. We get Nets Bucks tonight. But uh, in the afternoon, I'd I'd expect Ryan Spader is uh, – his phone was going off the hook, but uh, we hope to check in with him uh, coming up in a few minutes as uh, he, he was dropping some bombshells out there. Some stuff that has been known. See, some of it also that uh, Joe G that some people were reacting to was like, yeah, I'm, I've assumed that all of these teams have used the cameras for years and years and, and it has already been reported on. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot that Ryan threw out there yesterday uh, that he feels he knows and wants to share. And it just seemed like he is kind of fed up with Major League Baseball, which a lot of people seem to be fed up with Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred right now, who uh, every instinct that guy has is wrong as the commissioner of this sport. But uh, like the, the one thing that was kind of towards the end of, of the thread, and we'll, we'll t- hopefully talk to Ryan about it in a couple minutes, yeah. was the idea that um, that Carlos Beltran brought over uh, the, uh, the the sign stealing system when he got to the Astros. That's that's really been out there. I think people have assumed that, and there was even that uh, you know kind of conjecture that maybe the Yankees were doing something during Beltran's time there before Beltran ended up in Houston. That was never proven. There was a weird thing about a letter that was kind of sealed between the Yankees and baseball. Look, Joe, I assume a lot of teams were doing it. The Astros probably took it to a new level, and they and baseball said stop, and they just kept going, and that's why we had what we had. But I'm not going to be surprised if if we hear more of this and more players come out. I know it was Eric Kratz, the former catcher, uh, who said the Rockies were doing something. Like, of course they were, right? If there's technology, if there is a camera downstairs underneath the dugout and you could see the signs – I mean, I'd walk down there, too, and look at him. So uh, this is baseball's fault. They, they let it happen, and then the Astros took it to a new level. Well, I mean, and you can kind of tie it into what's happening in the game right now is Garrett Cole was making his plea to Major League Baseball, even though they are going to change absolutely nothing. He was talking about it again last night. He's like, I can't grip the baseball. I can't grip the baseball. This isn't right to uh, make these changes. And we heard from Tyler Glass now. Uh, the other day, and he fully believes that a big, 
uh, reason, not the sole reason, but one of the reasons that he is now injured out for the season, uh, impacting uh, the Rays, uh, what they're going to do this year. Who knows if they're going to hang on to win the American League East. He believes because of uh, the changes that the game has made, uh, the rules that they decided to finally implement. They've been there, but now they're like, okay, no spider tech. All this, all this glue stuff. What do you? It's going to be fascinating. I don't know that I quite believe him. There are a lot of different things that go into it. Like I don't know you throwing a hundred miles per hour, and he was willing to admit that. But uh, I, I understand why the why the pitchers are trying to make their case. But uh, baseball's dug in. They're not changing anything. It, it's funny. The day after Tyler Glass now is kind of blaming baseball and his injury. That same day, LeBron James is blaming the NBA on all the injuries that we're seeing to the superstar athletes. Yeah, look, guys get hurt. Pitchers break. I, I, I understand that these guys are frustrated and, and things are changing on the fly. But the bottom line is they're cheating. Like, they're cheating and they're being told to stop cheating and they're complaining about it. Like, I, I, I can't – there's only so much sympathy I can feel. It's interesting, Joe. Trevor Bauer, who's – he bothers people, but I, I think he's a pretty interesting guy. And I, I think when he speaks and really talks about what, what he has to say, I, I listen. He, he was on the Dodgers pregame a couple of days ago when this all started. And he was doing that – you see that thing where he was, like, holding the ball up and trying to see if it was fake, yep. uh, illegal or not, and it was just sweat and rosin. But he mentioned something that I hadn't heard anywhere else, that he said that baseball, when they told them they were going to start checking or looking or paying attention, they made it sound like this was just kind of a survey year. And next year they would change rules and they would enforce like Mm -hmm. almost like, hey, guys, we're watching now. Just do your normal thing. We want to see how bad this is. And the fact that they're changing midseason, that's what's bothering these pitchers. Not that they're changing, but they, they really didn't have any idea this would be like as instantaneous as it's become again, they're cheating. So I'm not going to feel that bad, but that's interesting. If they told them, Hey, we're just going to kind of pay attention. Now we might change the rules because this is getting out of hand too. Oh no, we're changing the rules tomorrow. Figure it out. They were allowed to do whatever they wanted last year. Mm -hmm. So we were just happy to have sports. Nobody was going to fight them on any of the rule changes. Sure. Let everyone into the playoffs. Who really cares? Fine by me, but this is a typical Rob Manford operation. Now I, I wonder is that what they were hoping to read in the memos that were sent uh, throughout the league to all the teams? Is that what was being passed down from front offices, or was was that the reality? It once again, it feels like Rob Manfred is making the rules as they go along. Like, well, yeah, I was thinking about implementing this next year, but nobody is scoring. Look at the strikeout rates. Um, we used to have an average of uh, 20%, and now the average is 25, even north of that for strikeout rates. It's uh, a three-outcome game, and there are a lot of people, unless you're diehard, that they're not into watching the game every single day. So yeah, what but- are we going to do? And and maybe it was an overreaction doing this in the middle of the season, but I would make the case, and I think you lean this way as well. In the end, they're just enforcing the rules. Stop cheating, guys. Yeah, it's almost like you know, if is it a 55-mile-an-hour uh, zone or you're driving and you always go 85 because there's never cops there, and then there's cops right. there, and you're like, well, wait, there was never a cop there. Well, you're going 85 and a 55, Tyler Glass now or Trevor Bauer, any of you guys. So it is that, but you're right about Manfred. Baseball, and Manfred is is the king of it, they, they just ignore problems until they become so significant that they can't ignore them anymore, and then they react strongly. It's like the Astros thing. They knew for years something was going on. They, I mean, they knew. Uh, they sent the memos to the Yankees, the Red Sox with their iPhones or iWatches, like stop doing that stuff. And then 
you know, they didn't do anything about it. They didn't force anything. So if you allow cheaters to have an angle to cheat, they're going to do it. You got to stop it at the beginning. Manfred's a mess. I, I don't know if there's ever been a commissioner in, in a sport. Yeah, Goodell had criticism for a while, but I don't know if there's ever been a commissioner in a sport where everyone together, all of us say, yeah, this guy doesn't know what he's doing like we have right now with, with him. I didn't think it was possible, but maybe he's worse than his predecessor. And you're right. They just wait until things are so bad. You've got to do something. We'll turn a blind eye to steroids and all sorts of cheating for decades and decades. We'll celebrate the Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds home runs and the home run chase with Mark McGuire as well. We'll do all that. But, oh, 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 okay. Now we're going to come down hard on you. Now we're going to bring the hammer. I mean, come on. You're right. It's just typical Major League Baseball. It feels like they don't know what they're doing. How how are you possibly worse? But he has found a way uh, to be worse. He's identified that there are issues in the game. He just doesn't know how to go about fixing them. That that's that's the problem. Yes, there are absolutely some things that need to be fixed, but some of the ideas are just so bizarre. Yeah, and they're and they're reactionary. They're not really thought out. I mean, even now they're, they're trying to change the game. You mentioned the the three true outcomes, and now the games become strikeouts, walks, home runs. Right. It isn't as fun. Like, I love baseball, but day, night to night watching the game, other than a team I might have interest in or, or a betting angle on, like, I just, I, I don't, like, the big Sunday night game. Like, every week I'm like, I don't even know who's on. And that's, it's a shame because baseball should not have that. And Red Sox, do. Yankees. Right. And I'm not even as interested in that as I used to be. It's not as, it's not as good. It's not as no. good. So, you know, Manfred's a mess. And the, the worst part of this is that this is the story of the season now. It's not the, the Dodgers trying to repeat. It's not Fernando Tatis. It's not DeGrom. It's not the Giants being the surprise of the year or the White Sox with La Russa. These are all real stories. The story of baseball right now is pitchers and cheating. And Garrett Cole almost in tears last night talking about needing spider tack to throw. It's That's baseball. They take the worst story and they make it their biggest story. So we, we address the unintended consequences that could be down the road for Major League Baseball. And on a day-to-day -day basis, you get tickets to a game when? When you see a great starting pitching matchup. If, you, if, if you're free, like, hey, let's go to a game. L look at this matchup we have. We've got Wheeler against Burns. These guys are contending. If DeGrom goes down, uh, this could be your race for your Cy Young Award. Let's go see that matchup. And what, what are we going to see? Well, we saw the glass now injury and he's convinced that part of the reason he goes down for the season is because of the rule change. Is that hap going to happen to more ones and twos in the game? And that will impact the betting markets. Of course, not only Cy Young, but also futures division pennant world series. And the other part is they appear to uh, be on the hunt to remove other star starting pitchers because someone is going to be made an example of, right? Uh, Garrett Cole last night, it was the lowest spin rate he's had in his last 91 starts uh, through his Astros and Yankees days. Like we have to go all the way back to Pittsburgh. The last uh, time the spin rate was this for Garrett Cole. So th this is what they want. Maybe there will be more injuries and they want to suspend a star starting pitcher like, I, I just don't know that that makes a whole lot of sense. Well, it doesn't. Well, especially when you realize the star starting pitcher is disappearing anyway. It, it's become a relic. There's not that many left. You know, the, the fact that these guys pitch five innings, six innings, they don't go deep into games. There's like 20 of these guys that are really, you want to, like what you said, I want to go watch the game because that guy's pitching. There's not many of them left. And Joe, from two perspectives, I think it's a problem for baseball. One, 
just the average fan who might go to a game that that is lost. Like other than a healthy Degrom, do you want to go buy a ticket to see most of these guys? Probably not. And the other part is, from the betting perspective, Joe. I know I look at the baseball lines every morning. There are a lot of days where I, I don't know what to do with a matchup because it's an opener. It's a pitcher yeah. I know is going to go three or four innings. So, like, I know a team hits lefties well. The White Sox, right, famously for a year and a half now, have crushed and beat up left-handed pitching. Well, you know, if the opponent's throwing a lefty for one inning or they're throwing a righty and then they're going to go with the lefty with the uh, kind of behind the opener, it throws off even that element to, to being a fan. Like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the White Sox tonight. They're facing a lefty. Well, maybe they're facing a lefty for, for three outs and then a righty's coming in behind them. It's just, and I, you know, like the, all these teams are trying to win and they're just bending the strategy to their way. I, I get that. But it, it does change the way we talk and enjoy the game. So, a question. We hit on the angles for NL Cy Young. And, I, and I'm wondering last night after Garrett Cole gets four strikeouts and eight innings of work for Toronto against Toronto. Good outing, real, real strong. He's got a 2 3 1 ERA on the season. Nice job out of you, Cole. Your team wins. You, you did what you needed. But if this strikeout rate uh, continues to decrease for Cole, this is a guy that we're used to. Okay, every start is going to get double digits. Well, he hasn't done that over his last six starts. And now with the rule change, is that going to continue? Not as close to DeGrom, but looking at Cole, he's the heavy favorite. You've got to lay a price if you want to bet on him for the AL Cy Young. And now we've got Glass now, another name that was in the mix. He's going to be out of the race. Now, if if Cole's strikeout rate uh, continues to decline, is this race open? Can, can we look at Rodon with the White Sox if he can finally stay healthy? Uh, Eovaldi, uh, Bieber, is there a possibility that he goes back-to-back? -back? New White Sox starter Lance Lynn, is it open if uh, Cole, what he's known for, are those Ks, if we're talking he's going to be in that 6-7 range instead of 10-12? to 12? Yeah, I think it's wide open. And you mentioned Lynn in there. Lynn is the combination of a guy I'd, I'd look at. And I think there's value there. He throws a lot of innings. He's that one, kind of that rare workhorse. And he gets a decent amount of strikeouts. His ERA right now is one five one. I I'm, you look at the leaderboard, other than Kyle Gibson, who I think is more smoke and mirrors in Texas. The mm -hmm. whole leaderboard is NL guys. It's DeGrom, it's Gosman, it's it's Woodruff, Rogers, Walker, Wheeler. Like you gotta go a while to get to another AL guy. I think it's Means and then Cole. Uh, I think Lance Lynn is interesting in his first year with the White Sox. He's uh I, I'd put I'd put a ticket on Lance Lynn. There's no star power at the top, excluding Cole. Yep. That's yeah, that's that's a fair point by you because where is it? I mentioned Eovaldi just by default because I'm looking at uh, the Fangraphs war, and he's right behind Glass now, who's now going to be out of the race, and Rodon, but uh his ERA is three seven six. There are a lot of voters that won't give him any votes. Um, and, but the number's 40 to 1. 40 to 1. 40 to 1. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ostrowski. This is BetQL Daily. We, we're trying to break down some NFL. I know you guys are hungry for the NFL. We're getting closer and closer to training camp. We're going to do that every single day on BetQL Daily, and we're going to go over the AFC East. How can you bet it right now before you lose some of this value? It's Joe O and Joe G on the BetQL Network.